Hey everybody, this is PD from the Spinner Rack, and today I'm doing a video that I, um, I guess I plan to do at some point. This isn't going to be a full look through, but um, if you're here and you see the title, you should also go to the John Byrne uh, forum that will be listed in the comments of this thing. So basically, since I've seen so many do a bootleg um, X-Men Elsewhere book, I decided I was going to make one of my own. And uh, people have already had some templates to utilize on YouTube. I think it's the, uh, the, the John Byrne, Burn Victim fan site on Facebook. They had some templates, which was um, great to use to kind of put together this book to see what it looked like. And I decided I wouldn't use the cover that they had sent. I'd make my own. So this is my bootleg of Elswin, just to see it as a trade here we go right it's a lot of black and white so i'm not sure if you guys can see it it's using burns um logo that he created and using the cover of classic um x-men that um was a reprint of x-men 137 right we burn did a new cover which would be i believe his Closest return to the new X-Men outside of X-Men 1273, right? And then I decided that I would make a... My back cover would also be a Gene and Scott theme to kind of say this would be the thread that was going on throughout this issue. Mainly it being about else when if Gene survived. So that would be my first one. I have another one in mind for the second, the second one, which would... Utilizing another template from the people online on the burn forum. I think that was a, the Facebook fan site. But um, let's, I guess, let's go through it for a little while, right? So it's interesting if you go online, if you look at the first stories, they're very much straightforward. Now, okay, so I think, I guess, to give you. History that's been said three million times, if you haven't heard it, I'll be just hearing it again. Um, John Byrne had decided to draw an X-Men page, and I think that was not in this thing. It was a Wolverine page, right? So then he decided to draw another one. He decided to draw a, a just see how far he could go, because he had asked on his forum, what title could he go back to on at Marvel? And he people mentioned different things and then he had drawn a page because he had I think he was only doing the photo books and I think yes I covered some of this in the in the else the possible John Byrne joining him going back to the X-Men so then he had done up to maybe 20 pages and stopped and then um with talking with his um with his editor at IDW he got a there was a buzz around it and then was it cb sapolsky he said we should talk so at the i think it was the boston con which i was at john Byrne and cb talked about it and they didn't get a tentative response to when this would be published but 
you got to date when they would possibly start the process. It could be on the stands around May. And this was like almost three years ago, right? So you imagine Byrne was going along drawing you know, a page a day, you know, just put, seeing how far he could go. I think um, Sci-Fi Wire, they put out a couple videos talking about it and the possibility of him coming back. And some nice words to CB on those things. But then Byrne wasn't hearing anything. And he wasn't hearing anything and nothing happened. And then he just decided that he would just keep going on his website. And because uh, there was no official word of yes or no from Marvel. So he decided just he was going to do it on his website. So I only bring all this stuff up to say, because I said some of this before, is that the project changed from Byrne doing something close to single and two-issue arcs, that sort of thing, with threads of Phoenix going through the entire thing, to becoming more of an online type of book. Yes, there are issue breaks and ending up to 20, um, 20 pages, but it's more like a strip or close to the way... Um, where Kirby was doing the Fantastic Four or Thor, where it was just everything happened at once. Stories would end in the middle of an issue and go to another issue. And the next, it'd be just like a freight train pacing. So it starts out um, how Byrne would do, say, the Superman stories, where it'd be like one-issue stories, uh, two-issue stories. And then it slowly starts becoming that freight train that we see in the Fantastic Four that Kirby sent um, the fit from 44 to like 70. And then also similar to the X-Men in with Dave Cochran, Chris Claremont and Dave Cochran, right? So this is a pencil, just the pencils printed here in this book. It's a little shiny for my taste, but it's a book been carting around <laughs> my house like a kid, right? And breaking, that's why I use this page because this is their last stand. And then we see the heroes have fallen. So a little bit of a jump cut, say they're lost. And then they um, go back home. And this is one of the things I like in the series is these wide shots these really small shots but it's very wide gives you a lot of detail here right and you have lalandra and lalandra's kind of caught up in the same thing that her brother was right because ultimately lalandra was kind of too good to be true as a character right so we had and this is also thing here and just I, I'm not, I shouldn't I don't want to get into too much story because um, Byrne didn't really get to do I mean he did Days of Future Past but he didn't really get to play that long with Kitty you know which was his initial creation and then it was kind of altered by Chris Claremont making her a genius right so he had setups where things would go wrong for her and she literally falls out of plane right. So you see one of the other things, which is hard to do on these trades, is kind of do a video where we get to see the middle, right? But this, for me, I was very happy to see Byrne 
doing these X-Men pages. This would be the first, I think it was more than 20, like 38 that he did for this first issue, right? Wolverine actually looking like he's tracking, not just head turn and saying, I got a scent. <laughs> we see him tracking. They're trying to find Kitty who's falling through the, the floor as we saw the ish page over there. And then they run into Carl Lycos, right? And when I first saw this, where Professor Xavier's still looking for Kitty, I, would cr I cracked up when we get to... And this is the other thing that's missing from the X-Men, is having these human moments. Having the Greys here, having Jean's sister, her kids, and Jean here who's um, been regressed to a, you know, a child, right? In her mind, but not her body, right? And... We see Kitty falling through, and this is where we get to see how Kitty's powers kind of have worked had Burn stayed on it, right? And see that even though she's a beginner X-Men, she's, you know, she thinks her way through things, and a shock that the, and it's also great when she appeared, seeing her in the classic X-Men outfits, right? So then, another human moments with these, you can kill them and, and look this shot here of the AIM guys, right? That's, oh my goodness, I'm pointing, it's also this of course, but I mean, Alright, so then Carl Eccles knows this is what's been torturing him, and he turns into sorrow, and it's going to a big battle with um, Wolverine. This thing didn't have the um, first page that Byrne did. It was kind of possibly being a cover for it, and this is a great sequence here where Storm goes out there but she hadn't really interacted with Sarone. She was knocked out during that story and turns Wolverine into the looking like this monster. And then of course, Cyclops takes out Sarone, who's on his last leg, but in fear, Storm lashes out and burns Wolverine to a crisp. And she's kind of shocked, but then we get to see Modoc and we get to see Kitty stuck in the floor, right? We've never seen anything like this in the X-Men series, right? They can't get her out the floor, but then she slips down and she's trying to retreat, so, right? So now they're just splitting up, trying to figure out where Colossus is, I think, right? And they found where he went and they follow, right? Kitty's using her power to get away and then she runs into this huge monstrosity, right? So what are we doing, right? So then they see the AIM guys and they're just like ready to take them out. But then Modoc comes. And I think this is also what Byrne wanted to do at some point in the series to have them fight like a regular villain, not just all mutants, right? That would come later in the series also, where they would be just fighting characters. And Kitty's pretty aggressive with Colossus, 
wasn't prepared, prepared for her affections at this point. And um, we get a little hint of what Modoc is trying to do. Carlycos is on his last legs. And Kenny comes and they tell her no. Of course, she winds up, her powers aren't working. And Colossus sees the stand and says he's going to destroy it. Mm. And they utilize Kitty to the advantage. Comes. That's when get free. And Modoc. This is a nice shot of Modoc here. And the Cyclops has an idea to stick Modoc in the wall, just like she was stuck. And the X-Men on the way out. But at the same time, Colossus is drawing all this stuff. And this is another thing. That's I guess this is a good part of me doing this here. Right? Because in the stories without Burn, Kitty had little only little to no interaction uh, with Cyclops, right? After Burn was gone. I think he was connecting more with his father. So it led him to be sort of in a split with the X-Men. Where Wolverine was making more sense in the story and getting a lot of more more dialogue in this thing. Cyclops was kind of being more on the outs with the X-Men. Right? So this is good to have Cyclops interacting with Kitty in the shots here, him holding her back, going back into the building to save Colossus. And um I think that's what kind of got you to people wanting you know, thinking Cyclops is a jerk. But when I saw, I think it's, um, um, what's it, X-Men 131, where Cyclops sent her into, into the, the Hellfire Club. So then years later, when Cockham, when Burn was off and Cockham was on there, he wouldn't, Cyclops said, no, she can't go in there. And Wolverine said, no. So those moments shouldn't happen, right? You can have some odd moments, and then Wolverine wakes up, and he's totally nude because he doesn't know that he was fried off. Now, people needed this scene to be explained, or having dialogue here, but this is cool of having Cyclops has his reaction, him not allowing Kitty to see anything, Nightcrawl laughing, the boy is shocked, and then her praising the goddess, of course, if you know the characters. Hey, but those characters are so far gone, you can't remember this stuff. And then we see Lelandra arrive, and she's going in with the Phoenix, which they got the nice logo so you know where it is. Right? So this is when the shot you're going to... How far am I in? Oh, 15. So this is where one of the things, because I think people kind of, for some reason, have gotten tired of the Savage Land and the Sentinels. And these were key characters. So Sentinels come and attack more human elements, right? More humans running around, regular people. And going in here, this is where the butt is hard to see here. But it was a, a great page, right? And they're trying on outfits. And of course, Sentinels attack. Or the one sentinel attacks and Storm goes into action. And then there's a jump from, I think it's X Men 139 and uh, 140, where this is comes in from that story. And they have a little shenanigans fighting each other or a cat and mouse in the mansion, and it's like Colossus stops them, right? 
So then I get the alarm about the Sentinels. I just thought they were done with them. This is another sort of kitty issue, right? Where she could get killed by the Sentinel, but her power of reacting simply, she survives, but the Sentinel has some sort of force field that's um, not allowing them to touch them. And their the X-Men are struggling with this one Sentinel. Now this is a, a harsh difference from the, um, what was it, in the Cochran run, uh, I think um, each X-Men could take out a Sentinel on their own. And then after Burn, I think Nightcrawler took out a whole set with these charges. So um, here we have the X-Men with Xavier meeting up with Jean. And Jean is utilizing her powers. And then she's being overly affectionate with Scott as a kid, and this leaves him in an awkward position because, you know, he doesn't want to take advantage of her. And then he runs out that she's actually using her powers. The X-Men is still struggling with the Sentinel. Kitty notices that, right? So she's going to take the initiative to save the day. And she jumps, and it doesn't work. But then the Sentinel scans her, finds her mutant power, Chases out and tries to neutralize it. Definitely figures a way to neutralize it. About to take her out, and then Nightcrawler saves her. And then they have a cute moment here. But then Kitty tells her to go back around, and she has an idea to <laughs> she's gonna try something that she did in Savage Land, and sends the um, sentinel down into the ground. He says, don't ever do that again. Right? So then Wolverine takes it out. But then they realize this sentinel is way tougher than anything they've dealt with so far. Right? But the people are like, if the X-Men weren't here, they were, wouldn't have been in danger. And then we get the culprits. We have um, Shaw and, and Henry Glyrich. And they're going to bring Master Mold online. Right? So here's another thing where I think Burns said he was going to do the, um, the kid from the Fantastic Four, and this is going to be in here. We had this monster coming after them, and we find out that's a ghost, and then Wolverine gets attacked by something else with claws. Then Colossus get. It's like a evil version of him, and this thing is gutting him. And then so they're just catching it, right? So we we'll the backtrack. We see that um, Professor, um, Fantastic Reed Richards has contacted him, and Xavier's not ready to take in another charge. But they're meeting with him and taking him out to the school. And this is the moment that I always liked as a kid. I always wanted to be... Um, um, the X-Men come a call and, and I find out that I'm in school with the X-Men, right? So then we have Nightcrawler's image inducer running the Spider-Man. We see Amanda there and then
We'll deal talk with that later. Let me see him go to sleep. And he says, says X-Men, X-Men. Then they see something in the distance. It's a weird creature that's hitting their ship. Cyclops can't get a direct shot. But then they're realizing that, hey, these this thing might be connected between the father and the son, right? And then the energy bomb, which is something not even sure. It might be connected to Fantastic Four um, 234, but realizes he has a son, but the son has this weird power to make the monstrous versions of the characters. Now the X-Men are going through that. So Xavier's gonna have to save the day on this. You see that the father's connected and this is the connection between the two of them. All right, so Xavier's trying to do what he can to shut it down while the X-Men are about to be finished. And then the boy wakes up, those creatures start to dissolve away. And Xavier's had them forget what happened, right? So, and they're saying, right? So then something else is going on with Jean, right? And then we have um, Gladiator who's going off his thing. And he's kind of um, trying to figure out what's going on with Lelandra, right? And Lelandra is still hanging out with the Phoenix. Now this is Muir Island. This possibly burns best shot of Muir Island. If you look in the X-Men, it's just a sliver in the, um, I think it's 126, right? And we get Sean Cassidy, he's in there. We got Moira McTaggart and the Sentinels attack. They go after the Banshee, but he can't use the screen. He keeps forgetting because it's so natural to try it. And these Sentinels hurt humans, right? So then they got Alex and, um, and Lorna Dane. Sentinels attack them. Then we have, they found another mutant, right? And this would be the kid that's going to be important to this X-Men Elseworlds series, who's Pablo, right? And his mom, right? And he's able to animate these um, the inanimate objects or metal or stuff without life. He animates his car. The kid is able to free Xavier from it, right? They run into the Sentinels. You see the human parts is a key. Eugene is so taken with her, but it's like he doesn't want to, you know, take advantage of her being a child. And then you hear that the mom doesn't want her around the X-Men, right? This is cool, right? This is another thing where Kitty's connecting with Xavier, where instead of they did Professor Xavier as a jerk, right? And Xavier's able to help Pablo so she can talk to the mom for a quick second. 
car stops fighting. And Wolverine has an idea how to stop the Sentinels. And the Sentinels break out, right? Colossus tries to help them, but Xavier decides that um, Maria should come back with them. And they give her a job or help her out, right? But they captured Nightcrawler. They've also captured these other Miss um, Lorna, um, Banshee, Alex, and Lorna, right? So, what would any X Men series without Magneto, right? So, the X Men go to Mirror Island. They see everything in shambles, and who do they run into? But, oh no. So, this is where it starts to see stuff having a lot of cliffhangers at the end of the page, right? Even though Byrne always kind of had that, it's a little bit more dramatic in this series, right? And Kitty with Pablo, trying to get him to talk because he was talking for a hot second. Now he went back to being quiet. And he gets scared and he's tossing things around the room, right? And Xavier's talking to the heroes about the Sentinel attack. The Avengers, and then he hears all this commotion. We got Magneto and Wolverine always jumping in head first. Oop, I spoiled it, didn't I? Gets tossed out for miles. Right? Then Cyclops get out, but then Colossus trying to take the mask off. And he gets away. So Storm's gonna follow. And what happened to Cyclops? The Wolverine's gonna make his way. Now we got Jamie Mad Madrox, who's also here, and I think it's in Ireland. Right. So Xavier calms down Pavlum. He talks for two seconds, but he can't keep it up. Right. So Storm is there, she's more of a mess and tries to help her out. Magneto attacks and use her power against her. And then this is the mean and nasty Magneto, right? Decides the same like he did with Scarlet Witch. He decides to try to kiss her while he's down. And then Wolverine sneaks in. The Wolverine starts to hack away. Then um about to take out. about to hurt Wolverine pretty bad, but the Cyclops is there, even though he's injured, giving him, giving Magneto all his power. What a great shot of Magneto here. And Magneto pushes back, Jamie Madrox joins. And Magneto gets away, Storm goes after her. And Falls down and Colossus catches her, right? And they figure out that Jean Grey is gone, right? The, right? So you have human elements and the comic book stuff, right? So Magneto's on the run. He goes out in space. We see the space station and Magneto is not playing around. Just takes them out. And he's injured, but he can't go any further. At the same time... Sentinel's still around, and they come and they attack. This is something that Byrne mentioned in um, 
what's that thing in um, the art of John Byrne so if you read that this is the payoff of that that thing I think as a kid no I think in my 20s when I first thinking of a story I think I kind of remembered that one and used it for my first story it was only a little different it was kind of a mutant adoption agencies but they had smaller sentinels and um now he doesn't do in the smaller sentinels but right so they took um scarlet witch away and x-men and the avengers is talking it out all right so how far am i at right so they're saying nope xavier's like nope you gotta still go out to magneto Right? And then the Fantastic Four is doing their thing. And then the Sentinels attack for, um, what's his name? For Franklin, right? And they're able, thankfully, or hopefully, to neutralize the power of the torch comes out, the things going out to them. But they get stopped dead in their tracks and they capture Franklin, right? And Gene just got picked up by the wrong person. Things don't look too good for her, right? So the X-Men on their way into space. They get some cool stuff from, I guess. Even though this was destroyed in, um, what's that thing? In X-Men 135, this is Elselin. So however it is to get this back, they got this back, so and then we have, um, but we saw Jean, something happening to her, right? So we see Lelandra going into this thing again, or she's already in there. He's checking this out and then something happens. So it might be around the same time Jean was getting accosted by those guys in the bar. The X-Men get to the asteroid M, right? Follow the trace of blood. He has his own nine defenses. Wolverine catches up with him, but Magneto has an out. Right. He uses Magneto, magnetic power to release the whole thing, and it was all held together by his magnetic power, right? So ending on a cliffhanger, right? So ultimately, utilizing this page, it's going to talk about it a little bit. For end... Just to say that um, we saw this, I think I think Shooter and a lot of people looked at this as a happy ending. But this is the gene with the mind of a five-year-old. Five and um, Cyclops is just admiring her and watching over her, right? And ultimately, this is what they were going to do, that she was going to be lobotomized by the Shi'ar. Now, one of the things is that uh, well, I guess I shouldn't even spoil it till it comes up. But yeah, there we go. This is my bootleg review of um, X-Men Elsewhere. If I make another one, I think I need to, there's some things I wanted to do. So I'm going to try to do it from scratch. We'll see how it goes. Spin rack out.